Now today we have a special treat. We have a guest speaker with us this morning who's going to give us a sermon. His name is John Payne. I'd like to give you a little bit of background on, on who John is and why he's here with us this morning. Freedman's Church is a part of the Evangelical Free Church of America. And I will tell you I'm very thankful that Freedman's is part of the EFCA. I'm thankful uh, for the EFCA because the E-Free Church focuses on the gospel and is very passionate and intentional in making disciples of Jesus. And I also value how the EFCA majors on the majors rather than getting caught up in a bunch of contentious issues that are not central to the gospel or to the Bible. And, and personally, I also value the way the EFCA just provides all kinds of coaching and resources and support for pastors and for churches. And within the Evangelical Free Church, there are different regions of the country that are broken up into districts. And we at Freedens are part of the Forest Lakes District. The Forest Lakes District includes Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And John Payne is the district superintendent of the Forest Lakes District. John has been in vocational ministry for about 25 years and has been district superintendent since 2016. And I'd like to invite John to go ahead and come up now. John and his wife Kim have been in town here in Port Washington this weekend because yesterday they facilitated a retreat for our leadership board here at the church as well as our staff team. And uh, just to value, John, all that you do for Freedom's Church, just uh, helping us, equipping us, guiding us, and for so many other churches as well in such meaningful ways. So thank you. Uh, John, like I said this morning, is going to be uh, sharing a message with us. And just want to be able to pray for John and Kim. Uh, just before I turn it over to him, we know that today they have a drive uh, through snow uh, for a couple hours. So I want to pray for safety for that as well as just praying for the rest of our time together. So let's go to God in prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you are a gracious and a faithful God. Through all the storms of life, the trials, the temptations that come our way, we thank you, Lord, that we can always depend on you and trust in you. And Lord, I thank you for John and for Kim for the calling you've placed in their lives to bring them into your family as a son and a daughter of, of the God Most High. And Lord, we thank you that you've equipped them and called them to serve in your kingdom. And we, Lord, do we thank you for John. Thank you for uh, his service to so many churches in, in a sacrificial manner. And we know that Kim shares in that ministry as well. Lord, we thank you for the blessing they are here to us at Freedom's Church and in many other churches uh, as well. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon them on their walk with you. Pray that they'll be ever growing in their love for you. Pray for your blessing on their marriage, on their family, and on their ministry. Uh, please provide for them, and I pray, in addition, for your provision for them today, for safe travel all the way back to their home without incident. And Lord, I pray that now, as, we, as he opens scriptures for us, that you will open our hearts to receive what you have to say to us, Lord, through John, through your word, and especially through the Holy Spirit. And we lift up all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He lost the windscreen on his microphone. Tempted to say go without a windscreen, but I think I got it on reasonably well. Okay, I think that'll work. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for the assist there. I appreciate it. That's one of the, the hazards of trying to take a mask off. And <laughs> so uh, it is great to be with you. I leaned over to Kim and I just said, uh, Pastor Brandon is such a great leader. I just appreciate him so much, and what, a, what an incredible staff that has been assembled and is part of this team, this dream team, and uh, just some great leaders in the leadership team. We, we were here a couple of years ago for that opportunity, and 
And to see, uh, when we were here last time, the entry of the church had not been started yet. And what a beautiful, uh, and the bathrooms, the new rooms, the basement, everything. Nice job. <laughs> it was, it's just beautiful. And so uh, all those of you who are joining uh, online today, um, get another quick cup of coffee and open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And those of us who are here will also join you in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 as we look into God's Word this morning, thinking about this theme of don't give up. Don't give up. If we were honest with one another, which true community comes through authenticity, transparency, and honesty with one another, if we were all honest, we would say, 2020 was a difficult year. I was visiting with Pastor Greg and my wife as we were coming in this morning just saying, you know, uh, you do realize that social isolation is a form of torture. They call it solitary confinement in military terms. Now, that's, there were reasons for that. Those 13 weeks that I was at home alone with my dogs while my wife went to work, and I'm a people person, and I was going nuts. I mean, nine Zoom calls a day can only accomplish so much, right? And you want to just reach through the monitor and say, how are you? But you can't do that. And then we had a, right after that, our 13-year-old niece was diagnosed with a brain cancer, um, a brain tumor down in Iowa, and that happened right after. And then there was... Uh, Kim and I were in Minneapolis right after the George Floyd incident and, and drove down and prayed around where that had taken place and saw some of the things that were still erupting of anger in the Minneapolis area. Then, by the, did anybody realize we had an election that took place? <laughs> you know, and, and the controversy. And, I mean, does anyone ever think about wanting to give up? You ever feel like, man, if I just take one more... And then, I even forgot to mention the fear and anxiety of a worldwide pandemic. And, and the fear, and it's, it's a real thing. And so you, you take all of those things and you put them together and you say, is there any hope? Sometimes I just want to get in the fetal position and not get out of bed. And those are very real emotions. Those are very real thoughts. When Thomas Edison was interviewed by a young reporter about the progress that he had um, on the electric light bulb, the reporter boldly asked Mr. Edison this question. He said, um, do you feel like a failure with your invention of the light bulb? The re when, when, when perplexed and looking back, Edison replied, young man, why would I feel like a failure? Why would I ever want to give up? I, I now know definitively over 9,000 ways that the electric light bulb will not work. <laughs> over 9,000 ways I know it won't work. Success is just about in my grasp. You know, shortly after the, that interview and over 10,000, it took over 10,000 attempts, Edison was interviewed about the invention of the electric light bulb and he said this, 
Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. Let me say that again. Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And it took him over 10,000 one more times. You know, it's no secret that at times we think about, we feel like giving up. But God's word is filled with promises. Promises that God makes to us. And God, let me just say this to you. If you don't hear anything else from me today, hear this. God is a God who keeps his word. God is a God who keeps his promises. What he says he will do, he will fulfill his promises. Listen to a couple, just let a couple of these verses roll over you today. Let them kind of just sink in about promises that God has made. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Isaiah 41, verse 10. What an appropriate verse for 2020 and 2021. Do not fear, for I am with you, the Lord says. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Philippians 1, verse 6, Paul said, Being confident of this, that he, Jesus, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The one who started a work in you will finish it and bring it on to completion. And then in Ephesians 6, verse 10, finally Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Or in his mighty power. These are all passages of Scripture that God gives us as promises. You know, Paul is a, one of my favorite Bible characters, after Jesus, of course. But Paul is one of my favorite Bible characters. And he's a man who, he put up with some stuff. You know, when I'm tempted to feel sorry for myself, and all of us have thoughts that have us in those doldrums of thinking that the world is just unfair and bad to us. But listen to what happened to Paul, and then I ask you if any of these things have happened to you lately. <laughs> he was put in prison. He was chained next to a guard, and the guard would be changed out every few hours. He was flogged with whips five times. Five times he was beaten with whips up to 39 times. He was also beaten with rods. He was stoned with rocks. He was shipwrecked four different times. Now, I would think twice about getting in a boat with Paul. I'm just being honest with you. Paul's getting in the boat. I'm probably finding another mode of transportation. And you folks living such close proximity to the beautiful Lake Michigan here, you understand uh, you, when you get in a boat, you want to have a seaworthy craft. Well, Paul four times was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a poisonous viper, and he went without sleep and food as he, as he fled for his life. Talk about a guy who had some reasons for saying, I want to give up. I'm done. I'm checking out. But he encouraged Christ followers in Corinth 
not to give up. So as you have your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at four reasons to be hopeful this morning. Four reasons to, to not, not give up. Four reasons to continue to have one more day, to continue with one more attempt. If you're on the back of your bulletin, if you're making a list for what you need to do to get extra salt for your driveway or whatever, that's fine. But you can write down these four, four ideas too that maybe you can use this week. The first thing that helps us a reason not to give up is God gives us a ministry. Each one of you, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're on the journey to coming to know him, God has given you a mission. Look at verses 1 through 6. Paul says, therefore, having this ministry. And whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, you want to know what it's there for. It usually is preceded by a statement. And that statement is in chapter 1, is verse 1, back in chapter 3, verse 18. Paul said this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What is the amazing ministry that God has given to us? It's that the surpassing glory or value of the new covenant, that relationship, the covenantal relationship that he makes with us, where we are pointing people to Jesus, who brings us face to face an open relationship with God. God is a covenant, a promise-keeping God, as I said earlier. And he's covenanted with us, his children, to transform us. And he's doing it by his Holy Spirit. And we are pointing people to Jesus who uh, they are seeing their lives transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And becoming brighter and more beautiful as we become more like Jesus Christ. Well, verses 1 goes on to say through 6, Therefore, having this ministry, the ministry of pointing people to Jesus, being transformed by his Spirit, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We've been given a ministry, therefore, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. There's all sorts of examples of people who've tried to use cunning and manipulative ways to bring people to Jesus Christ. And Paul says, you know what? We, we aren't going to do that. We've renounced those ways to share Christ. We're not going to do it. We're going to simply not tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of truth, we're going to commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, and recognize, friends, if, have you ever talked to someone about Jesus and about what he means to you in your life? I mean, one of the things that I've been, uh, in the last probably six months, trying to do is when I have interactions with people and just say, God, if you give me opportunity, I will try and speak up for you. And you want to you know what, friends? I've been amazed. When I ask God in His Spirit to provide opportunity for me to speak about Jesus in a situation with somebody, maybe I'm in a car ride on our way to officiate a basketball game or I'm meeting with someone who um, is, we had some work done at our house this year and I had a, a, we had a plumber there, we had a contractor there. We, you know, and you just sit there and you say, God, 
as I interact with this person, give me an opportunity to talk about you. And God, it's your responsibility. Just give me the courage to walk through the door when you create the opportunity. And friends, it's been a game changer. I've been amazed how God has been so faithful when I pray and recognize opportunities that he'll sit there, that God will just, the door is wide open. I'm sitting there going, wow, that's, that's amazing how wide that door is open to bring Jesus into the conversation. And then I say, okay, Lord, give me the boldness. And you're, you're sitting there saying, yeah, John, you're a professional. Let, let me tell you what, each and every time, my, 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 my knees are shaking. <laughs> they're wobbling. And I'm sitting there going, uh, they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm a fanatic. They're gonna, you know, all those fears start coming up. And yet it's like, God, I said, if you provided the door, the opportunity that I would, by your, by your grace and with your help, I would try and let them know how much you love them, how much you care about them. And so Paul said... <laughs> If our gospel is veiled and recognizes, I started to say, when you talk to somebody about Jesus and all of a sudden they have this look on their face of just, that's where the Spirit of God needs to open those eyes. But we recognize we have an enemy who loves to veil, who loves to cover up, who loves to blind people from seeing the truth. He says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves. One of the reasons we become fearful is because we're about self-promotion rather than about promoting Jesus. And we worry about what people think of us. And so we recognize what we promote is not Jesus. We're not proclaiming ourselves. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. We're not proclaiming ourselves, but we're proclaiming Jesus as Lord. And we do this as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown, his, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we have been given this ministry. This ministry is the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, there's opportunity for us to bring good news. And I've I've been discouraged, you've been discouraged. Everyone, I think, if we're honest, has had a moment of discouragement in this last year, or moments, I should say. And we, re we need to remember that by God's mercy, we are partners in the most important work in this, on this planet. One of my friends who works on our, our staff, Rob Wisey, who oversees districts and youth ministry, loves when he gets around people to ask them, what do you think I do for a living? <laughs> and, you know, sometimes if you're a pastor or in ministry, that can be, a, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I hope they don't ask me what I do for a living because I want to try and just be a normal person and talk. But he says, what do you think I do for a living? And they'll guess, and they'll guess, and he goes, I help people prepare for eternity. And they go, are you a financial planner? And he goes, no, I'm not a financial are you, are you an undertaker? And he goes, no, I'm an upper taker. You know, I talk to people about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I help people prepare for eternity. And we are helping people find and follow Jesus. One of the reasons I, I know I'm not to give up is because I've been given a ministry. I've been given the opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ. If you were to take a moment 
and think about the people in your life, family, friends, or maybe even people watching here online. You say, John, you're talking about me. You say, I need hope. Friends, what, what those people that came to your mind and people maybe that are listening online, what you need in hope is the person of Jesus Christ. We do not lose heart because we've been this amazing ministry. We're partners with Jesus in changing the world one person at a time. Another reason not to give up is God gives us a treasure. Did you know you've been given a treasure if you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Look on in verses 7 to 12. Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. I'm dating myself, but a few years ago, there was a group called Jars of Clay, a Christian group, and I, I like their music. Um, and Jars of Clay came from this passage of scriptures where we have a treasure in jars of clay. You can look over the person next to you, and I realize maybe social distancing, you have to look away, but you say, you're just a hump of clay. You just go ahead and tell the person next to you, you're just a jar of clay. Or if you want to say you're just a cracked pot, you could say that too. No. But we are jars of clay. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, the dirt, and we're jars of clay. And the reason is to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Another reason we don't give up is we've been given a ministry that we partner with God. We've also been given this treasure, and the treasure is nothing more simply stated than the good news of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. We've been given a treasure. What a treasure. Friends, the gospel is a treasure. It has the ability to change and transform individuals' lives. It has the ability to give hope, to give purpose to life. You and I have no ability to save anyone. I'm just a crack pot or a jar of clay. But Jesus has the power to change and transform lives. The true power comes when God is at work in the jar of clay, and our focus needs to be on the treasure, not on the jar of clay that we are. Recognizing, as Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. This is Paul talking again. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. That word power, the Greek word, is the same word from which we get our word dynamite. Deutimus, dynamite. The, the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, friends, that is the dynamite, that is the power of God for salvation to anyone who believes, the Jew first and then also to the Greek. The power is in the message, not in the messenger. So friend, if you will ask God to give you opportunities to bring Christ the treasure that you've been given, the message that you've been given, the the. the, the uh, ministry that you've been given. If you will pray and ask God to give you those opportunities to speak, let me just say to you, the power is not in you. The power is in the message. It's the message, the, the, the gospel of Christ that transforms. 
I have a friend back home who sends me texts quite a bit. I had the privilege of leading him to Christ when I was his pastor a number of years ago. And when he knows I'm out on the road, he often sends the texts on Sunday mornings. And usually the text says, hey, I'm praying for you today. Don't blow it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, kind of backhanded sarcasm. But watching the transformation of God upon this man's life, he was known in the community for not what you'd want to be known for. And then God totally transformed his life, and he was the impetus behind what we called mission to the, our community. And we asked people to take a week of vacation, and we did a missions trip for two years in a row right to our community, and we had over 100 volunteers from church who took off from work and were part of a missions to our community, doing projects all over our community. And this gentleman that I mentioned that came to faith in Christ was the point person for this ministry both years. And it was so exciting to see how excited he got about transforming his community through uh, the opportunity to serve with the, with the purpose of bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, don't give up. You've been given a ministry. You've been given a treasure. A, a third reason not to give up is God gives us faith. God gives us faith. Don't give up because God has given us faith. Look at verses 13 to 15. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe and we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us into your presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. How did Paul keep on going? He had a confident faith. He could proclaim the gospel fearlessly. He had a message. He had, he had a treasure. But he believed in a God who had raised Jesus from the dead. I would say to you, friends, that the most, the most significant event in all of human history was a resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, conquering both sin and death. Pastor Richard Wormbrand, a, Roman, a Romanian um, pastor of Jewish heritage, spent 14 years in prison because of his outspoken witness and faith in Christ. Three of those years were in solitary confinement. His wife, Sabina, was in prison for three years in a labor camp. She was told that her husband had died in prison many years before. And through it all, neither one of them had given up hope or wavered in their faith. After being ransomed from prison, Richard and Sabina moved to the United States and founded Voice of the Martyrs, an organization that is committed to bringing prayer and support to the persecuted church worldwide. Since 2011, Voice of the Martyrs has rescued over 40 3,000 individuals who were persecuted for their faith. What if Richard and Sabina would have given up in prison and said, I don't have faith that God's working in my life in this situation, and yet they came out more committed to the persecuted church than ever before after going through persecution. In verse 15, Paul says, all of this is for your benefit, so the grace which is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. What kept Paul from giving up in hardship and suffering? He not only trusted God, but he knew that what he was doing would benefit others 
and more and more people being reached by the grace of God. He did not lose heart because he had a confident faith, a faith that God was working and many people be reached and benefited. Don't lose heart, my friends. Have a faith to know that faith is trusting in, in, in God, trusting and believing in him. Have a confident faith that God is at work in, in and through in, in your circumstance. Well, finally, and I'll quickly move through point four here, Another reason not to give up, God has given you a ministry, he's given you a treasure, he's given you faith, but God has also given you eternity. He's given you eternity. Verses 16 to 18, Paul said, therefore, and the therefore is because God is working all things for your benefit, and more and more people are being reached by the grace of God. Therefore, in light of that, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, Anybody over, anybody over 50 recognizes this outwardly wasting away, right? My dad used to say the things that don't hurt don't work anymore. And isn't it true that the older we become, <laughs> that the more challenging life can be? That we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Friends, if you want to continue to have one more day where you don't give up and you continue to trust in God for what he's doing, have an eternal perspective. Have an eternal perspective. Recognize that this isn't our home. We're here, we're in the world, we're not of the world. We're given responsibilities while we're here, but this isn't our final home. Outwardly wasting away, we're inwardly being renewed day by day. And these light and momentary troubles, and sometimes they don't feel very light or momentary, but they're achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'll close with this illustration number of years ago at Camp Randall Stadium, the Milwaukee, I'm sorry, at, at Camp Randall, um, October of 1982, 78,000 people were watching the Wisconsin Badgers take on the Michigan State um, Spartans. And Michigan State was driving for a uh, t touchdown, and people in the crowd, 78,000 people, many of them had their transistor radios, remember what those were? And they were tuned in to Milwaukee uh, County Stadium. The, the, the Camp Randall people were tuned into Milwaukee County because the Brewers were playing the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 4 of the World Series. And at the most inappropriate times for Wisconsin Badger fans, they began to cheer because the Brewers were on a comeback. The entire Wisconsin football sidelines is saying, what in the world is going on? <laughs> And the coach found out later that they were on a, on a comeback and the Brewers won game four and the Badgers went on to hold on and win game, the game two in football against Michigan State. But that's a picture of having your eyes somewhere else instead of what's, what's happening. And I would just say to us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the people in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe my, my father who went home with the Lord in 2015, my father-in-law in 2015, other dear friends, 
this dear saint that you mentioned that went home to be with the Lord yesterday. They're part of that crowd that is sitting there, this cloud of witnesses saying, lay aside every weight and sin that so clings so closely and run with endurance the race set before you. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friend, what are you facing in your life at this time? Fear? Anxiety? A challenge physically? A financial challenge? Maybe a relational challenge? A, a question about, maybe it's a financial need that you have. Whatever the challenge is in your life, let me encourage you, friends, fix your eyes on Jesus. Live with an eternal perspective, and that'll help you not to lose heart or to give up. So we've been given a ministry, don't give up. <laughs> You've been given a treasure, the gospel, don't give up. You've been given faith, recognize that God is working in your life and that this life is not what it's all about. And that there's, then he's also given us an eternity with him. This world is not our home. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he's given you eternity. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you this morning for your promises. Thank you for uh, each one of these dear individuals. I pray, God, that they would have hope, that they would be people who recognize, God, that you have peace that you want to bring to their circumstance, that you care, that you love, that we can cast all of our cares upon you, God, because you care for us. Father, help us not to give up. Help us to be people of hope because the gospel brings hope. The gospel brings transformation to our lives, to the lives of those who we love and we care about. And so, God, give us courage. Give us strength. Give us perspective. Eyes to be fixed on eternity. And we pray all this for the benefit of others, as Paul said, and for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.